everyone, I'm Al Grego, and this is the Yes We Are Open podcast. Merci. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for coming out. Today, I'm in Rigaud, Quebec, about 70 kilometers west of Montreal, right on the Quebec-Ontario border. I've just had lunch with my colleague Simon, who lives here. Simon is telling me a little bit about his chosen hometown. What's that building? Uh, it's the City Hall. It's, oh, okay. He moved here 10 years ago from Vaudreuil, just outside of Montreal, looking for a quiet place where he could afford to buy a house and settle down. He found that in Rigaud. They just we like the place. Like in the fall, they Rigaud is located on the traditional territory of the Algonquins, at the junction of the Ottawa River and the Rigaud River. The city saw its first settlers in 1783. It quickly became an accommodation relay for loggers and a loading point for timber and cereals. Today, Rigaud is a village with a population of just under 8,000. Its main attraction is Mont Rigaud, a ski hill, Collège Bourget, a private school, a monastery, and Sanctuaire Notre-Dame de Lourdes, a shrine dedicated to the Virgin Mary. Another notable institution in Rigaud is the Canadian Border Services Agency College, one of eight campuses across the country. Rigaud's is a state-of-the-art training facility that can house 285 students, featuring 20 classrooms, a firing range, and a canine center of expertise. Right now, Simon and I are walking east along Rue Saint-Jean-Baptiste in downtown Rigaud, to visit one of his favorite local businesses and this week's subject, Brooks Pepperfire Foods Incorporated. How's it going? Pretty good. I'm good. I'm Greg. Nice to meet you, I'm Al. Yeah. Thanks, Al. Yeah. How you doing? Hey! Just a random customer. I, I think you Just know, a random customer. I think you know Simon. Yeah. <laughs> Simon and I are greeted warmly at the door by the owners, Tina and Greg. To the right is an office. To the left is a showroom displaying all of the different products for sale from the different brands that are made and bottled at their facility, from salsas to barbecue sauces, tomato sauces to curries, to something called molten chocolates. These are a single source dark chocolate coating a scorpion pepper jelly. Okay, that sounds painful. Yeah, it is painful. You have to be prepared for it. So, because it's painful, we've got uh, on every bottle, we have a heat scale. Okay. So, this helps give people some security in, in what they're tasting. So uh, what, what's the lowest and what's the highest in your scale? Zero. Zero? No, actually, negative four. Negative four. Oh. Negative four. Negative four is the lowest. What good is that? <laughs> it actually is called the antidote. Oh, okay. And it takes uh, pepper off your tongue. Oh, oh, I see. Right? I mean, we're, we're great at putting pepper on your right. tongue. Right, yeah, yeah. But it takes a true pepper master to take the pepper off your tongue. Like, where do you come up with these ideas? Are they, people just ask you to make something and you... you, you no, well, the, the bulk of them, yes, that does happen. Mm-hmm. They say, here, this is what I want to make. Uh, my grandmother used to make it. Uh, she uses this and that. And I'll come up with a recipe. Okay. And I'll fine-tune it to their palate. Right. But most of the stuff, which is mine, comes from the depths of my soul somewhere. <laughs> their flagship brand is Peppermaster. 
It's the one that features Greg's face on the label. So this, this one I started making when I was eight years old mm-hmm. in, the, in the Bahamas, where my family had moved from Montreal. Okay. And uh, it's still one of my favorite. It's just peppers crushed in lime juice. And are you the handsome man on the, on the label? How could you tell? <laughs> Pepper Master alone has all sorts of varieties and flavors, from raspberry fire to Cajun morel to peachy keen barbecue. The flavors seem endless. And the hottest is the Carolina Reaper which is the current Guinness World Record holder for the world's hottest pepper. Can you eat that? I can. Do I prefer to? No. Okay. (laughs) Right? I would rather eat 10 times as much of a much milder pepper. Sure. Get more flavor, right? Do you make these on premises? Yeah. Where? where? Like, you have like (laughs) a kitchen? You You have a kitchen or something? Yeah, we do have a kitchen. Come on, I'll show you. Yeah. Greg takes me on a tour of their kitchen and bottling facility in the back. And, uh, it's like a lab back here. Like yeah, this something is, out of uh, Breaking Bad. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no video. <laughs> I'm the third so, person I tell in two days that I don't cook men. <laughs> there are about five people busy at work bottling Greek dressing for a new client of theirs. Uh, it's authentic Greek dressing. I can smell the garlic from oh, here, yeah. Dude, yeah. the garlic, the oregano, the dill, the... When you guys go home after work, do you have to, like, have a long, hot shower to get all the... Yeah. yeah, you gotta keep your car clean too. Oh man, yeah. It's an assault on all the senses and a pretty impressive operation. Look at that thing. That's a, a serious machine there. Yeah, that uh, that actually keeps the product at a specific temperature okay. while we fill it into the bottles uh, in order to uh, ensure that it's got uh, that it's still pasteurized when it goes into the right. into the bottle. After my tour, Greg and I returned to the quiet of the showroom where I set up for our interview. Hi there, I'm Greg Brooks, and I am the pepper master and uh, CEO of Brooks Pepper Fire Foods. My name is Tina Smith Sullivan Brooks, and I am the co-founder of Pepper Master and the VP of Marketing for Brooks Pepper Fire Foods. We're a food manufacturer, and recently we have been specializing in co-packing and supporting other food entrepreneurs and getting their products to market. I grew up in the Bahamas where I would I played in the jungle as a was my playground. Okay. So I was climbing uh, tamarind trees and coconut trees to get food and I was always fascinated by food and actually made my first hot sauce when I was 8 years old. Wow. And it seemed at the time to give me some kind of magic superpower. Okay. So, as an eight-year-old, I stuck with it, mm-hmm. right? Why are you going to give that up? Is that where you were born? In no, I was born in Montreal, and my family moved there when I was six years old. Oh, wow. That yep. was a big change. It was huge. <laughs> it was huge. And everything down there was hurting me. Like, the sun was too hot and burning. The ground you couldn't walk on. The bugs were biting me. The yeah. bushes were sticking me and giving me rashes. Yeah. That's when I discovered the hot peppers, and they gave me an edge. Yeah, yeah. And actually, when I uh, later on, I went to university and I got a bachelor of science degree mm-hmm. in the biochemistry of the brain. Wow, and Where, whereabouts? At Acadia University okay. in Wolfville, Nova Scotia. There, I discovered that peppers really do have an impact on your brain and how it functions. 
speeds up your base metabolic rate, changes your perceptual acuity, and pumps adrenaline into your system. So, guess what? Those are superpowers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's right? Almost like Popeye. You know, yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, I was born in St. John's, Newfoundland. Well, I moved around quite a bit as a kid because my dad was in the Air Force and then he moved into the post office. And we, so I've been everywhere in Canada. I've been everywhere, man. Don't put that on the air. I'll die. Actually, you know, you're fine because that's me. That's my personality. So I came to Quebec with a youth program called Katimovic. And I am actually autistic. I have a bad habit of pointing out inconsistencies okay. with logic because if it doesn't make sense to me, sure. then, then there's something wrong. I was developing a menu for a new restaurant that was coming through locally and I decided, wait a minute, no, I'm, I'm sort of wasting my skills and my uh, abilities here doing this. So I decided to take three or four of my favorite hot sauces that I used to make in my restaurant and uh, bottle them. And I started to bottle them, sold them at Finnegan's Market, which is an antique sort of craft market out in the fields. And my first day I sold close to $1,000 worth of sauce. And I wow. thought, hey, this is better than uh, yeah. working in a restaurant. When do you meet Tina? I met Tina in 2001, mm -hmm. just after the World Trade Center event. Oh, wow. mm -hmm. And she was a, a financial uh, advisor at the time. Mm -hmm. So she knew personally a lot of the people that were in that building. Oh, really? Yeah, it was uh, horrendous for her. When I met Greg, I was a semi-retired financial advisor. I was cocooning here in Rigo, Quebec with my two small children Fast forward, we were doing a plenary session for the coming year's agenda, and Greg happened to be the chef. So I was invited to the meeting, and he said, oh, we're going to have a chef cooking dinner, and I'm a sucker for a free meal. I was homeless as a teenager for a very short period of time, and I learned anybody offers you a free meal, you say, thank you very much, but enjoy the free meal because you never know when the next one's coming, right? So he swept me off my feet at this dinner and we started dating a couple of weeks later. And shortly after Christmas, he asked me to marry him. And shortly after that, he moved in to our house here in Rigo. And then Brom Fair happened. So we went out to Brum Fair. This is, guys, if you've never been to Brum Fair in Quebec, this is the camp-in fest of the summer. Anyway, we started going there so that the kids could have like a fun blowout to the end of their summer, etc. Yeah. And we got up the next morning and I said to Greg, I want to sell my book. And he said, what are you insane? My book being my yeah. financial business. And he said, are you insane? That's that's our bread and butter right now. And I said, yeah, but this is a hell of a lot more fun. We started doing a few of these shows that we do. And she had so much more fun hurting adult men with hot sauce <laughs> than she ever had with the financial services industry. Sure. So she, she sold her book, which was her, uh, her grouping of clients, and she came on board full steam 
to sell hot sauce. And so within six months, I was out of the business. And I mean, there were conversations that triggered in my mind that I really wanted to do this instead that had to do with how difficult it is being me as a financial advisor. So this was easier. I get to be way more myself. I don't have to fit in at anybody's kind of perception of the box of what I need to be. So this is the perfect thing for me. I get to focus my skills, which are database and marketing and, you know, things like that. And Greg gets to focus his stuff and it just kind of goes together like a super harmony. This business opened in 2004. I have had a previous food manufacturing company when I lived in Nova Scotia. Mm -hmm. That began back in 78. Yeah, I owned a restaurant and we started packaging the dessert sauces. And on the day that I sold more dessert sauces than I did meals in the restaurant, I said, hey, wait a minute, (laughs) there's something here. Why am I bothering with this restaurant? (laughs) Exactly, which is high stress. Right. They make him make the jerk when we go to the Bahamas. Literally. Like, we're all exhausted from out playing on the ocean all day. We come in. We're on vacation, right? And they want the Canadian to make the jerk. The Canadian has to make the jerk, okay? This literally, that growing up in the jungle has an effect on you. Sure. You know, I mean, I grew up all over Canada, so you can't get more Canadian than me. Right. Like I know how to tap a maple tree. Mm -hmm. I can jig. I've caught salmon with my bare hands. I can pan gold. I have been all over this country, upside down, sideways. And I love this place. And he takes the best of what this country is capable of growing, puts it into these jars for people. And he blows me away every time he comes up with a new recipe. season. I can't imagine back, you know, almost 20 years ago, there were a lot of people growing ghost peppers. Yeah, there was no one growing ghost peppers. As a matter matter of fact, uh, one day at Finnegan's Market, a friend popped by and he says, hey, have you ever tasted this ghost pepper? Mm. And I said, no, what is what is that? He says, well, I've just come back from India. He says, and I smuggled some of these peppers in with me. (laughs) He says, and I brought you a piece because I know that you'd appreciate it. So anyhow, I took a piece of it and I chewed it up and oh my God, it was so much hotter than anything I'd ever experienced. I actually dropped to one knee. Wow. I thought I was going to pass out and (laughs) I I gathered myself together and I said, okay, Peter, I want some seeds. Now they're all locally sourced, but in 2004, there was one you pick that catered to East Indian community. And they had some habaneros and jalapenos, so that's what I started with. The jerk curry was one of the first ones. I married him for that sauce. The man makes the best. Oh, my God. I don't know if you told you this story, but he studied under an Indian Madras chef. He's in Halifax. I met the guy. I had dinner in his restaurant. The man's brilliant. And he taught Greg how to make a Madras curry. Greg took his brilliant jerk. We talked about his jerk, and he mixed it with this Madras curry. This is Greg's jerk curry. He's a brilliant chef. So when the cat was out of the bag and the folks at Rigo find out that there's this uh, hot sauce manufacturer in their, in their own backyard, what was your initial reception? Were they happy to have you? No, they were terrified. Really? <laughs> <laughs> they were terrified. Peppers are not a common part of the local diet. Okay. 
And, and that's why we were doing the craft shows, because at these shows, you had people that were more curious. They were exploring, looking for new things. Mm-hmm. And that's where we found our, our target market. Mm-hmm. Yes, now locals know that we're here and some of them, those that love hot peppers, come in. Mm-hmm. But we get a lot of destination visitors they're sure. they're coming specifically here okay. well we travel across canada doing all these shows yes yeah, i mentioned you go to like the calgary stampede yep. and, and events like that to yep. sell your stuff oh, yeah yeah we went from vancouver to halifax mm. and a lot of places in between we're doing about 120 days of shows a year wow yeah and with this with this company we get to be a little on the edge a little yeah. crazy yeah. when you're sampling the world's hottest pepper to people yeah you're going to get some strange reactions so from your stock here you got I think you said from minus four yep. up to 28. Yep. What number do you land on? I like to hang out between nine and 13. Nine and 13. Yeah. yeah. Nice ten, ten, or, 10 or 11 is my magic place. Mm-hmm. It's hot enough. I get great flavor. Mm-hmm. And it actually changes your headspace. You know, it releases uh, neurotransmitters in the brain that are associated with happiness. Okay. So it feels good. So why would you stop? Up next, Brooks Pepperfire Foods is enjoying great success, primarily selling at markets and food shows across the country. But what happens when the pandemic hits and those events aren't allowed to take place? Stay tuned to find out. You're listening to Yes, We Are Open. Greg Brooks has taken his superpower of combining the heat from exotic peppers with other foods to create truly unique and delicious sauces. With Tina's help, they've turned Brooks Pepperfire Foods Incorporated into a thriving business by continually innovating and reinvesting in their company. But now they face their biggest challenge in the form of the pandemic indefinitely shutting down all their markets and food shows. How did they fare? Let's find out. If I were to ask you of a time or an event that threatened your business, maybe even possibly threatened to shut you down, what event would that be? I mean, COVID is an obvious thing. Right. As a matter of fact, we're, we're going through a challenge right now, which is sort of a spinoff from COVID. So the government was very nice and they gave us, you know, extra grants and money and loans and stuff which increased our debt situation considerably. And as a result of all that, our municipal taxes got out of control Mm -hmm. and they want to sell our building from underneath us. And that came out of left field because we had a verbal agreement with our town. Right. You you own the building. Yes, we own the building. We own the building personally and we lease space to the company. What we discovered was that as the company grew and took on these extra debts, the value of our property rose and we personally had a better asset. But the asset was not matched to the debt. So we're currently transferring our personally owned property into the company so that the debt and the asset can help balance themselves right. out, and it gives the company a better balanced yeah, uh, better reflects equity. The, 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 value, the reality, the, yeah. Yeah, the value of the yeah. actual property, yeah. for sure. We set up that summer. We tried to keep things rolling. And then all the craft shows that we do across Canada, right. they were all yeah. canceled. 
And that was uh, about 40% of our revenues. That's a big hit. It was huge. So here we are in the pandemic and Greg and I are sitting here. We're freaking panicking. I've just lost $200,000 worth. I'm going to cry thinking about it. I just lost $200,000 worth of income. I have no idea when or where. I'm lucky in that I'm at AgriFoods and that I can stay in business and keep all of my employees working. How are we going to do this? And our friends and our customers and our neighbors have all said, we want you here. So please stay and please don't give up. And I'll tell you, when you hear from one particular customer who has literally been on the receiving end of difficulty their entire life, she is the mayor of Trace St. Redemptor. She's the first trans mayor in all of North America. And she said to me, Tina Nanashipo. And in English, that means please don't give up. And the power and intensity with which she said it to me really, really drove home what we've done for this neighborhood and how important it is going forward. Now, was there ever, ever any point where you and Tina sat down and you had a bit of a go-no-go no go meeting? Like at, at some point where you're like, if we don't make it past this month, we may have to shut it down. How close did you ever get to that? Or did you? Over the 20 years that we've had this company, We've had maybe five such meetings. Okay. You know, where it's like. You just call them quarterly meetings now. No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. But it, it's an excellent question, mm. you know, and, and every company should be asking themselves that. When do we pull the plug? Mm -hmm. Do we pull the plug? Right. What do we change? What's going wrong? What's going right? Right. And you, mm -hmm. you have to be able to step back from that. Sure. And I, I find it valuable to literally go somewhere else, mm -hmm. change your your surroundings, change everything that you can, take a break, and then look at it again. Mm -hmm. So that's what we do. And sometimes the answer is, we don't know what's going to happen, right. right? We're just going to put one foot in front of the other, deal with the things that are immediately of concern to us, mm -hmm. and trust that we have the ability to find a path through it. Fortunately, there's a company here in Montreal called Lufa Farms. They have built uh, greenhouses on the top of abandoned industrial locations. Okay. And they started buying local produce to sell to people because people weren't going to the grocery stores. And they contacted us. We started making salsa for them, tomato sauce. And even though we weren't selling these things at retail anymore, we were selling them at, at wholesale and low wholesale. But it created cash yeah. flow. Got things rolling. Yeah. 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 So in that first year, we replaced the uh, the revenue from our craft shows with what Lufa Farms purchased. So completely? Or, or? It was dollar for dollar. It was very close. Oh, okay. But our profit margins were like decimated. Oh, Lufa. Oh, my God. They saved our bums. They stepped up. They did the exact opposite of all of the other big grocery companies. They shortened the time to payment to suppliers. They were super, super helpful. They came in and said, oh, can you help us fill supply? Can you make this sort of thing? Can you make that? They were freaking amazing. Stepped right up. I said to Greg, oh my God, what's happened? All of a sudden, 
we're in. We've been doing this for 20 years. Suddenly I get a phone call. Um, we're looking for local this. We're looking looking for local that. I hear you're the person to talk to. Well, well, yeah. I mean, we built an entire chili pepper industry here. We couldn't even get a jalapeno here when I started with Greg, yeah. right? Uh, we do three shows, one in Montreal, one in Toronto, and we continue to do the very first show that we ever did, which is at uh, Brome Fair. So you're, you went from 100 to none to now you're doing three, but you're only doing three because you can, right? Because you've replaced some of that revenue. That's right. With and also during, just prior to the pandemic, we had started co-packing for other companies. Now they all got slapped as well. So sales there dropped. We had about 15 clients prior to COVID and we lost seven or eight or nine of them during COVID. They just went out of business. The others though hung in there and those that hung in there are doing very well now. Yeah. They had to adjust the same as you and came out of it a bit stronger, I guess. That's right. Um, (laughs) What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So true. I must say that our salesman that introduced us to Moneris has always been supportive and generous with his time. You know, some of the, some of these big big companies, they forget that there's people at the other end of everything. And Moneris has been very good that way. And you can always call Simon. <laughs> exactly. And Simon uh, will come over. Yeah. I mean, and he loves hot sauce. Yeah. So it's a beautiful relationship. Perfect. Coming up after the break, we find out what the future holds for Brooks Pepperfire Foods Incorporated. Success in business doesn't come without moments of struggle, moments when you had to face your challenges head on. As the proud partner of Canadian business, Moneris plays a critical role in empowering businesses with the payment processing tools they need to succeed. Together, we are building stronger businesses where business owners everywhere can stand up to their challenges without slowing down. Moneris, proud partner of Canadian business. Welcome back to Yes, We Are Open. Thanks to their relationship with Lufa Farms, Greg and Tina Brooks are now in the enviable position of being able to focus on their co-packing business now that they don't have to go to 100 plus shows every year to keep the doors open. So what does the future look like for Brooks Pepperfire Foods Incorporated? Let's find out. So what does the future look like for Brooks Pepperfire Foods? Oh, bright and shiny. Yeah. Oh, very bright and shiny. Um, right now we are at Pure Momentum. Mm-hmm. And there's a jumping off point that we either get bigger or we stay the same or something changes, but I don't know. So it's bright and shiny as all get out. Assuming we deal with all our current challenges, Mm -hmm. we need to expand our physical space. Mm -hmm. We have grown a lot. We're now producing products at wholesale. So we need a lot more volume Mm -hmm. to get us back to a really healthy net profit okay right now we're we're hovering we're making money we're making positive income but it's not really enough so we need to increase our volume by about double in order to be truly what i would call a successful company okay so does that mean a different location 
either a different location or a serious revamp of this one because there are HACCP food regulations that you can only conform with if you have sufficient space right. and separate rooms. Sure. And, and we're sort of, uh, we've grown out of an artisanal situation. We have our, our new facility designed, mm-hmm. so okay. we do have a serious future mm-hmm. in our mind. Yeah. Our biggest challenge is dealing with the loans and the debt that we accumulated during sure. COVID because it just makes the company look weak. Whereas, in fact, surviving COVID mm-hmm. means you're strong. Yeah, absolutely. All right? So we have new clients, and they're all growing. It's like each of these clients is like having an executive VP of sales. I've got like 15 VPs of sales. Right. Yeah, and you just have to make sure you stay ahead. I just got to keep up with it all. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's not a bad problem to have? No. Yeah. No. It's an excellent problem to have. And we are up to it. We'll get through it and we will find our way. Um, Our customers are in constant expanding mode. I'm constantly getting new producers calling me going, oh, I have great this, this great recipe. I want to bring it to market. With the co-op, with all the other producers, eventually there will be this multi-service production place that will allow all these small producers to come on board. So there'll be one larger uh, facility and maybe a couple of satellite facilities. And we expect great things. I mean, we have been a leader in this field and we're not getting bumped out of top position. You know, it's not just about the money and, right. and how successful you are. It's, yeah. it's what you're doing with all that. Yeah, exactly. We're actually building a second kitchen right now in Haiti to help Haiti. a women's Haitian cooperative processed food stuff in Haiti for Haitians. Wow. We work with a lot of emerging and developing world countries because chili peppers are such a commodity and they grow like weeds there. So if we can help small villages commoditize those things, we can change people's lives. It's working with the Haitians. We just started working with a young fella in Nigeria this past year. And that's that's working with websites and stuff. So that has nothing to do with the agri-foods, but it's all part of what we're doing and if we can take everything that we're making and just make one little itty bitty change oh my my body's on fire i can look back at everything that we have already contributed and changing and i can go to my grave tonight comfortable and happy that we set a whole bunch of really really good stuff into motion yeah thank you Greg, are Brooks Pepper Fire Foods open? Yes, we are open! Excellent. Thank you so much. That's the story of Brooks Pepper Fire Foods Incorporated. From the Bohemian jungle to suburban Quebec, Greg Brooks's journey to become Pepper Master reads like a superhero origin story. Having met him in person, I'm pretty sure that comparison would amuse him. In Tina, Greg seems to have found the perfect partner in business and life. Fun and empathetic, yet capable and fierce, ready for any challenge. 
I admire both Greg and Tina's dedication, not only to their business, but also to making a difference for those less fortunate. To me, that makes them both real-life superheroes. By the way, I did try one of the sauces. It was a number seven on their scale. It was really good. I handled it like a champ. Greg offered a stronger sample. Apparently, the superpowers only kick in at eight and above, but I decided to quit while I was ahead. I know, I'm a wimp. Yes, We Were Open is a Moneris podcast production. I'd like to thank Simon, Tina, and Greg for taking the time to share their story. You can learn more about Pepperfire Foods Incorporated at pepperfire.ca. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram, where they're at Peppermaster Shop. On Twitter, they're at Peppermaster, and on LinkedIn. For more information about this podcast, visit our site, yeswewereopenpodcast.com. If you'd like to support us, please rate us a review on Apple Podcasts or rate us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're a Canadian small business owner or know of one with an interesting story or perseverance to tell, I'd love to help tell it. You can contact me at podcast at Tune in next week for another story of small business struggle and survival on the Yes We Are Open podcast. I'm Al Grego. Thank you for listening. Thank you.